Greetings to Pastor Myers and Bishop Myers, your family, and all the precious saints of East Wind. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Oh man, I long for the day when I could get back to be with you all and we can have church like we had so many times before, but even in a greater dimension than ever before. I believe God is 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 arranging things and setting up things for more powerful revival that we've ever experienced. I really believe that in my heart. I firmly believe that we are living in some incredible times and God is moving. God is up to something. But the challenge for us today is to be sensitive to the direction God is moving in. We can't go in front of the cloud. We can't be behind the cloud. But we need to be right under the moving of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that can be a challenge. I know in my own personal walk with God, you know, one day I feel like I know exactly what God wants me to do. And then I turn around and not sure if I made the right decision. And But I think all of it boils down to one thing. The Lord promised that if we would acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our paths. And I trust and believe that that God is moving. He has us right in the palm of his hands. And he's telling the church, fear not, neither be dismayed. Amen. God is in charge of what's happening in the world and in the church. And so I have this confidence that no matter what step we take, if we walk by faith, trusting and believing God, he will not allow us to walk astray or to far to get far away from what he wants done. I just know and believe God is moving and he's blessing us and he's helping us in this journey and what a journey it is. Amen. So precious saints of God, I love you and I, I covet your prayers and I appreciate your love and support. And, uh, and I, and I tell you doing, doing ministry like this is still a little unsettling in so many ways and and challenging in so many ways. So I pray you bear with me because you'll see my weakness and my humanness in uh, in all of this. But God be glorified. That's that's the thing. God be glorified. And I pray that God will use me today to to share with you some things that he has placed on my heart. And so what I want us to do, I'm going to ask that we go to the scriptures in the book of Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, the book of Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse number thirteen, Amen. And we're going to read verse thirteen and verse number fourteen. The Scripture says, and this is the Lord speaking: If I shut up heaven, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Now notice this is God saying he would do all of this. Or if I send pestilence. Another word for that word pestilence is epidemic or pandemic. If I send pestilence among my people. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this subject, the answer we've all been looking for. The answer we've all been looking for. Men are searching and desiring to find a cure. They're searching and desiring to find a way out. But brothers and sisters, when it comes to the church of the living God, we need to go to the scriptures, our resources, more now than ever before. I believe the word of God has the answer. I remember reading recently in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, in fact, when I was reading about King Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat had just experienced a great revival among the people of God. Jehoshaphat had come into the kingdom and began to tear down all their idols and, and, and rip apart all the false doctrines and reestablished, hallelujah, amen, the word of God and draw, drawing people back to worshiping God. It was a mighty move, a Holy Ghost move, amen, of revival in the kingdom. And as soon as things begin to happen, as soon as we begin, begin to see, amen, the, the light of God's favor among his people, then trouble came. And isn't that the way it always happens? Isn't that the nature of how things are? soon as we begin to have a real move of God and people are coming in to get baptized and, and people being filled with the Holy Ghost as a norm in every service and families and friends are gathering together, worshiping and praising God, just having a good end time revival, then the enemy approaches. The enemy sets his targets on the church. And brothers and sisters, in this end time scenario that we're in, the enemy have actually come against the church in unprecedented ways. And I believe because the enemy knows his time is short. And now he's in the world with a vengeance. And he's come against the church and is attacking everything that God has set up in a way like we've never experienced. But King Jehoshaphat had gotten word of how the enemy was strategizing and how different uh, kings and their people were, were gathering together even right outside the perimeters of the kingdom. And he became aware that the devil was on the move. And soon as he heard that, then someone else come along and said, you think that's bad? It's even worse. Hallelujah. And that seems like the setting that we're living in now, doesn't it? I mean, pestilence, disease, crime, violence, the political upheaval. I mean, just one, one thing after another. And now that we are converging on, on, uh, on schools opening and, and people are talking about uh, whether or not wear a mask, don't wear a mask, and, and, and sports are, the sports business is, is, is determining to, to go ahead anyway, and all these different things are happening, and not to mention the election of a, of a new president or continuing of this president, the election is looming in the distance. And I mean, there's so much going on behind the scenes, so many things that are happening and, and it's not good. It's not good. There's so much deception and lies and manipulation and, and, and all of these things are converging around the church 
and the church is being affected by it. Churches are being shut down. Christians are being ridiculed and, and persecuted. And so many of these things are going on. But yet and still in all of this, we still haven't heard the worst of it. There's more. There, there's more even beyond what we can see or comprehend at this time that's taking place. And, and that's the kind of news that came to King Jehoshaphat. And the Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, he feared. He feared. He became afraid of all of the, the opposition that was against him. It was like there was more against us than there were for us. But we know the truth of the matter. Hallelujah. It's not the way it seems. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. Hallelujah. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But Jehoshaphat was a human. He was a man just like we are. And, and he was subject to the human frailties and, and, and feelings of passion. And some of those feelings involved the feeling of fear. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat feared. And he grabbed the people. He got them together, the men and the women and the children and his family. And, and they came before God. They came before God in a concerted assembly. They came before God in one mind. And together they approached the throne of God and they said, Lord, Lord, we see all of these things going on around us. And to be honest, Father, we don't know what to do. This enemy is bigger than what we are. This, this problem is, is way beyond our ability to handle it. Yes, we don't know what to do. But this is the part I like. He said, but our eyes are upon you our eyes are upon you and that's what we're doing today father in the name of jesus our eyes are upon you because lord god almighty you have the answer you see things that we can't see you know all the things that we are incapable of knowing you're omniscient you're almighty you're omnipotent God, we look to you for help. We look to you for direction. We look to your holy word. And, and when I begin to read the Bible and I've been reading this verse, I mean to tell you, any of you that have heard me speak over the last six months, this is one verse of scripture that has, that has just embedded itself in my spirit and in my mind and my soul. And it's when I hear the voice of God as it's recording in the book of First Chronicles. Well, Second Chronicles chapter 7, God said, if I would do these things, if I would shut up heaven, if I would command locusts to devour the land, if I would send a pestilence. Now, God, are you telling us that this, this disease, this, this tumult, this pandemic is a result of you doing this? Well, I'm telling you what, according to the scriptures, is not beyond God's ability to do it. He's done it in the past. He have used nature in the past to get the attention of the world. God has used nature. Amen. He used the wind. He used the fire. He used water. God has used earthquakes. He used disasters to shake the foundation of humankind. To get them to turn to him. To look to him. Jesus told us. Just as it was in the days of Noah. That's how it's going to be. 
in the day of the coming of the Son of Man, just like it was in the days of Lot. That's exactly how it's going to be. God used nature. He turned things around. He made things happen that was not in the norm. And he used it as judgment and he used it as chastisement. God is able to do all of these things. But in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all of these things, whether it comes from God or China, it doesn't matter. God has something he's trying to get us to do. We want to have revival. We want to see renewal. We want to see souls saved. But at the same time, isn't it possible that God is doing a new thing? Instead of preaching and singing and worship, could this not be a time of consecration and prayer? Maybe it's a different type of revival. A revival of going back to the basics. A revival of examining our own hearts The Lord spoke to the churches in the book of Revelation. He said, I see, I see your works. I I see your defense of the gospel. I see how you hold up my name. I see how you don't uh, allow that spirit of Jezebel to, to get into the church. I see all of these different things, but I also see where you're lacking. I see where you're missing the mark. Some of you have lost your first love. And there are other things in the church that needs to be set in order. And could it be that God is disciplined with the church right now, disciplining the church, trying to get us to, to examine ourselves, to get back to the place we need to be? Because having revival and having church is more than good music and great times. Sometimes it's, it's that sacrifice. Sometimes it's the picking up of the cross. Sometimes it could be the shutting in of ourselves away with God. But the Lord said, if my people, my people, what people, Lord? The people who are called by my name. And when I read that, I say, Lord, who are those people? Without a doubt, it's the people of the name. I believe it's the Jesus name people. I believe it's us You and I have been baptized in the name of Jesus that exalt that holy name. God has called us out and specifically allowed us to know he's referring to us, if my people. Number one, will humble themselves and would pray. There's no greater hour than now, brothers and sisters. To hear the voice of God and then to submit ourselves. If we would humble ourselves, that word self, if we would get ourselves under control. Because you see, even in the church, I believe there are, there are some golden calves. There are some sacred things we don't want to let go of. We don't want to let go by the wayside. I think sometimes we have our own traditions that may at one point or another conflict with what God is trying to do? Is that possible? I mean, what I mean by that is, do we believe that God can only move in a building? Do we believe that when the word says forsake not the assembling, does that mean it has to be in a church? Does our way of worship cannot be altered? 
Does it always have to be exuberant, exciting? Sometimes can it be brokenness and weeping and contriteness? Oh, hallelujah. We have to humble ourselves and come to the conclusion that we don't know everything. We don't know the way all the time. Just like Jehoshaphat, Lord, we see this great opposition against us. and We don't know what to do. Can we just sometimes get honest and say that? God, we don't know what to do. We've tried this. We've tried that. We, we, we wear masks. We take them off. We try to follow the rules of our government and officials. And, and still, we're still fighting this thing that's been going on for almost six months God, where is the open door? Where is the light at the end of the tunnel? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But our eyes are on you. Because you know. So, Father, we we humble ourselves in your presence. And we recognize maybe it's not our ways. Maybe it's not the way we think it ought to be. Maybe, God, we need you to show us. And so we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves and we deny ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, yourself is at odds with the spirit because the flesh and the spirit cannot come together. They cannot agree together. The flesh is enmity against the spirit. There's always going to be warfare between the flesh and the spirit. And brothers and sisters, as long as we're in this world, there's going to be warfare inside of us. The flesh against the spirit. Our will against God's will. Even if what we want is God's will, we've got to take our will out of the way. And Lord, what is your will? Jesus said it's it's the picking up of the cross. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself, saints. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to deny self. Actually, when, when you deny yourself, what you're actually doing is you are picking up the cross. Jesus said, pick up the cross and deny yourself. How do you do that? With a cross, two beams, they're not in harmony with one another. They don't, they don't uh, exist parallel one to another, but they are at odds against each other. One beam this way, one beam going that way. The horizontal beam, that's the flesh. That's, that's the natural, that's the earthy. But the vertical beam, that's the spirit. That's holy and that's righteousness. And every single day we got to pick up that cross and we got to fight that battle. The war between the flesh and the spirit, between God's will and our will. And even though we may have good intentions, our will may not be what God wants. And that's where humility comes in and say, Lord, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. God, open the door. Help us to see what you can see. Give us revelation. And I think that this time, so much of it, how much of it have we actually spent seeking his will? In our closets, in our quarantine, in our 
at the back of the desert experience. Oh, we don't like that. We don't want that. But it's so necessary. It is so important that we work with God and what he's trying to do. God said, God allowed us and he allowed this thing to happen. He allowed it to happen. And something good and powerful is going to come out of it if we work with him. Hallelujah. So if we would humble ourselves and if we would pick up our cross and we would follow after God. Because God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. And Lord, let there be a a revival. You want to talk about revival? Let there be a revival of humility to come upon every child of God. We got so many people talking and 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 proclaiming things, and 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 is this too much talk going on? There's too much, too many voices in the atmosphere. I believe we need to settle down and quiet ourselves and open our ears and send up our spiritual antennas and say, Lord, speak to our leaders, speak to our pastors, speak to those, God, that you've given charge over us. Give them direction, Lord. And if every time we need to be praying for our pastors, it's now. We need to get behind our leaders now. We need to quit, you know, going and, and saying our own words, our own ways, and, and doing our own things, but together, collectively, be a humble body and, and fall on our knees in this, in this time. We may never have a time like this again. We got more now, time now more than ever to pray and, and fast and seek God and, and, not, and not try to get beyond what's going on and hurry up to getting to things as usual. The things as usual is probably what brought this in the first place. God doesn't want things to be normal. He don't want things to be back like it was before. We were so comfortable. We were so, so full and we were so satisfied. And now that we're on the precipice of the end and, and the sounding of the trumpet, I believe the church is in a place now where the church needs to, to examine itself. The church needs to go back to the very basics of prayer and fasting, consecration and self-examination. We need God now more than ever, and we need, we need each other more than ever. Lord, help us. Help us in this hour. We need to pray. God said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, 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 not just not just a casual prayer, but we must be dedicated to a to a lifestyle of prayer more than we've ever had before. We need to become more consistent in our prayer, more fervent in our prayer, more, might I say, more private in our prayer. Hallelujah. We need to spend long hours, amen, in, 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 in prayer and talking to God. What do you do when you're traumatized? We pray. What do you do when times get rough? We pray. What do you do when we're persecuted? We pray. What do you do when we need direction? We pray. David said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. Hallelujah. And he heard my prayer. We need to pray more, and we need to pray in a way that we've never prayed before. Oh, church, I tell you, oh, God in heaven, help us. 
we are at a time now where we need to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. And after you had emptied yourself out in prayer, then you need to seek his face. I'm not even, I'm not even sure if I'm making sense. I'm not even sure if I'm really getting this across, but I, I feel the power, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. Dear Lord, more now than ever, Lord God, help your children, help us. Help us, Lord, to come into agreement with you. Help us, Lord God, to come into communion with you. These are dark days and incredible hours, but so much opportunity when we hide ourselves behind closed doors. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing out of the way with that. I mean, God sent Moses to the backside of the desert when Moses felt confident that it was time to be the deliverer. It was time for him to take his place where God had called him to be a leader of the children of Israel. And Moses stood up and he saw all these things happening and he took a stand and he ended up killing an Egyptian and and he, and he stood between two two Hebrew men and, 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 and he just began to show himself as a leader. And, but it wasn't time. It wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet, Moses, for revival. Not the kind you're thinking. But God knew he had a plan and he sent Moses off into the, the desert. He said, Moses, I want you to shut yourself away. I want you to take this time period. I'm going to be working some things in you, and I'm going to be working some things out of you. And Moses didn't understand. He didn't know what was going on. I imagine he thought it was all over and it will never be the same again. But those 40 years, those 40 years, God worked some things behind the scene. He was teaching Moses how to be a shepherd. Amen. He had already taught him how to be great in word and deed and organizing. Amen. And all his training of Egypt. But now it was time for Moses to learn some new new skills, some things that he could only learn in seclusion. There were some things he could only discover in the backside of the desert. Until the time came where God said, now you're ready. Now you're ready. Now I'm ready to send you back out there. And when he did, he went with a staff in his hand and he went under the power and he went under the name of the almighty God, the great I am that I am. And it wouldn't have happened without that period of time, that that strange interim of time where it was dark and it was lonely. God did it again. He did it with, with Joseph. He gave Joseph a dream. He gave Joseph, amen, a vision of, of great revival where, where Joseph was going to be exalted and, 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 and he would have the anointing and power of God in his life. And Joseph saw all this greatness, but God said, there's going to be a period of time where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut you away. And God didn't sit down and explain it to him. Wouldn't it be awesome if that's what God did, if he just, if he just revealed to us everything? But, but he said, no, I want you to trust me. And he closed Joseph away in a prison. In a prison. And Joseph had done nothing wrong. 
But in that quiet place, in that dark time, God was molding and shaping and doing things and planning things. And Joseph cooperated with God. He didn't fight him. He didn't say, Lord, get me out of this prison, Lord. I want to get out of here. You gave me a drink. No, he he humbled. Oh, hallelujah. He humbled himself. Not my will, Lord. Thy will be done this period of time, Lord, help me to grow, help me to learn, teach me, build relationship. And then he did it again. He did it again with his own son, Jesus Christ. Before Jesus did a first miracle, before he was even recognized, God secluded him away in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't public. But it was powerful. Fasting. Praying. But you may, was that necessary? In God's will it was. And the Bible said that in that period of time, those 40 days and 40 nights of prayer and fasting, Jesus, hallelujah, when he came forth out of that seclusion, the Bible said he came forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was greatly anointed and ready to do all that God had set before him to do. It was part of God's plan. And I'm just saying, church, I believe that all this is part of God's plan for us. We must humble ourselves and we must flow with the Spirit. Let's be careful not to get ahead of God and not to just say things got to work our way. It's got to happen our way, the way we're used to. God is able and God is willing to do a new thing. In fact, God said, I will do a new thing in the earth and the latter will be greater than the former. This medium of, of social media and, and, and speaking through this, 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 this deal here, it, it, it may seem so beneath us sometimes. I mean, my goodness, we need a microphone. We need an audience. But really, really, is, does that, is that really what God needs? I believe God is well able to do above whatever we can ask or think, even through this presentation right here. I mean, it goes beyond my, my imagination what God is actually doing right now to somebody's heart, somebody's destiny. You can't limit the Holy Ghost. You can't put a hold on the Holy Ghost. You can't put God in a box. He can use this medium in a way that will absolutely blow our minds, and I think he is. But we got to cooperate with him. we got to work with him. we got to recognize there's more than one way to have revival. There's more than one way for souls to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't always have to happen in an altar in a church. It doesn't always even have to happen with the laying on of hands. I was in a, I was in a church service uh, most recently. In one of the rare moments, I was able to preach from a pulpit to a congregation, even though it was, it was a limited amount of people in the congregation. There were people there. And there were needs present. And, 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 and situations were there. And the power of God was there. And I began to preach. And at the end of the message... 
and ask people to stand. I, I, I sensed, I sensed uh, something in the congregation. People, some people didn't matter whether they went to the altar or laid people laid hands. Other people was concerned. There, there was, there was something there. And then, as I looked across the congregation, and and I felt the power of God, and I said, you know what, Lord. It's not really necessary that they leave their seats and come to the front and kneel and people lay hands on them. That's that's the way that we're used to and there's nothing wrong with it. But I, I just knew there is that's not the only way. And the Bible says, while Peter yet spake the words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that were sinning. I mean, there's all types of scenarios you can't put a handle on God. You can't put a lid on what God is able to do. And even there, while I was standing in the pulpit, I just asked the people, lift your hands and receive the Holy Ghost. And the power of God hit. And there were guests and visitors there. They were under the power of the Holy Ghost. God is able to do it. God is able to do it. God will do his part. The question is, will we do ours? We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to seek his face. Seek his face. Saints of God. We can't just be coming to God with a larger list of things that we want him to do. But we need to seek his face. God desires fellowship. More than that, he desires relationship. He wants relationship with you and I like never before. And I think, I think now is the time. This is the time. This is the opportune time to do it. Seek his face. And then he said, turn from your ways. Turn from your ways. Your ways are not good enough. Jesus said, I am the way. And so we need to know God's way. We need to, we need to have discernment of God's way. We need to be careful to seek out his face, seek out his will. Lord, help me to see what you see. Help me to hear what you're hearing. Help me to to, to, to feel what you're feeling. And it's not going to come, amen, with just a casual prayer, but it's going to come with a revival of consecration, a revival of 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 turning away from our ways and our thoughts and our desires. And it's going to be something that's required of every one of us, not just the pastor, not just the spiritual leaders, but every child of God. We need to get on our knees. We need to build altars in our homes. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to let loose all of these distractions. That's the revival I believe God is, is desiring of us. Let's not waste another minute of this time that God has given us. Let's not waste another day. But let's be determined. Put things in order. Set some prior, spiritual priorities in our home, in our personal walk with God. Get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes on the problem solver. And follow after his will. God help us. He told us if we would do those things, if we would humble ourselves, if we would pray, if we would seek his face, if we will stop doing our will 
stop doing things our way, then on those conditions, he said he will hear and he will forgive and he will heal our land. He would heal our cities. He would heal our states. He would heal the country. He would heal the world. I believe that's the answer. I'm convinced that's the answer. And I think that it, it would be so effective if we would make a united, concentrated effort to see this done. I picture efforts made on the part of our district leaders to put together a crusade uniting all the saints of God together in prayer, prayer, a revival of prayer to see God move in these end times like we never seen before. And when this thing is over, and I do believe it's going to be over, but I believe how soon it might be upon, upon us, how soon it happens. God said, if you do yours, your part, I will do my part. If you do your part, I will do my part. If you do your part, then I will hear, I will forgive, I will heal the whole land. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to us. In closing, let me share this one verse of scripture I found in the book of Isaiah, the 26th chapter, verse number 20. The Lord speaks to his people. Now, some folks say, well, you know, that was back in those days and God was talking to them back then. But you know, the Bible says these things happened. And they were written for us upon whom the ends of the world have come. So consider these verses of scripture. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 20. The Lord said, come, come my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Hallelujah. That sound like today. That sound like the last six months. Shut thyself in. Close thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were. Like a like a caterpillar in a cocoon. There's something happening while you're there, while you're in it, while you're covered. There's something happening. Everybody else can't see it. Everybody else don't know what's going on. But there's something happening in this period of time. Don't try to come out of the cocoon too soon. Don't try to come out before it's time. Let God work. And while you're in that hidden place, the Bible says, as it were for a little moment, then that cocoon will open. And you'll come out a beautiful butterfly. You'll come out in the glory and splendor of God. 
and the church is going to be greater than it's ever been before in the history of the church age. And he's positioned us for that great end time revival and the harvest of souls. It's upon us, it's now, it's happening. If my people would do their part, the Lord said. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of the living God, it is quite obvious the demonic energy that is all around the world. Spiritual wickedness in high places and we can even see their plans that are unfolding before our eyes. But God, more than anything, help us to see your plans. Oh God, glorious and great and powerful. Oh, Lord, we want to be right in the center of your will. Father, help us, Lord God, to take hold onto your word that is forever settled in heaven and give us discernment, give us a spirit of wisdom as we wait upon you patiently. And God, we know and believe greater things, greater things, are yet to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory and the praise. And let the church say amen.